Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, an Age of Sigmar podcast from sunny England. Join us as we discuss the ever-changing character of wargaming in the mortal realms. Grab your D6 and get ready for the Priority Roll. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of Priority Roll. My name is Dan and today I'm joined by the wonderful Owen Jackson to talk all about Tabletop Simulator. Wait a minute, I hear you all cry through the power of magical airwaves. I hear you cry. Wasn't there a Tabletop Simulator episode last week? Oh yes, this is part of our ongoing series of TTS coverage. And welcome, Owen, to the show to, to join into part two of that. Ooh, um, yeah, thank you very much, Dan. Pleasure to be here. I love talking about Warhammer and TTS. So um, yeah, looking forward to uh, what we get to discuss. It's going to be very, very exciting because we are today going to be focusing on events and tournaments. And Owen has put on a number of different tournaments uh, over the over the kind of lockdown period over over the past year and continues to do so. And there is one, there is not one, but two events coming up at the beginning of February. So over the 6th and 7th of uh, February, uh, there is a Hammer Time. What, what, what are you calling it, Owen? I'm calling it a Hammer Time Weekender, a bit oh, like a sort love of, it. Like, like a uh, like a music festival. You'd have your sort of soul weekender or your disco weekender. We're going to have a Hammer Time Weekender. I was about so, to uh, say it definitely has a very festival vibe. Are you going to be encouraging people to kind of like put glitter face bait on and wear wellies and that kind of thing? It's mandatory, Dan. Mandatory. <laughs> it's actually in the pack. Oh, <laughs> that you, you could actually put in some tournament points for festival esque. Yes. Weekend. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Photo evidence necessary. Yes. Absolutely. Cool. Right. Well, back on track. We are going to be talking about uh, events and tournaments using Tabletop Simulator and a little bit about how, I guess, in your experience, having run all these things and, and watched it develop over the months, how you've seen lists change and players' approach to the game change. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk a little bit about yourself. Owen, who are you? Tell us about yourself. My name's Owen Jackson. Um, I live in London. I've been playing Warhammer for about two and a half years. This feels like a, a, a Warhammer Anonymous uh, speech, by the way. It is, yeah. <laughs> or, a, or a really, really crap, this is your life kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's been six hours since my last game of Warhammer. I would say. <laughs> Has it really been that long, though? <laughs> <laughs> no, not not from what we were talking about earlier. I have played three games in the last twenty four hours, so yes, uh, I do feel pretty addicted. But yeah, um, I loved it when I got back into it. I, my brother and I, classic story, collected models when we were kids. Had a few sort of metal dwarfs still knocking about my parents' loft. Um, you know, get a bit older, have some uh, more disposable income, and maybe not going out partying as much as I used to. So um, got back into it, and then yeah, the social side of tournaments and meeting people and gaming clubs and going around the country. And now I'm back in, I'm, I'm in pretty hard. Uh, so yeah, love the game and, and the community that, that that comes with it. And uh, been putting on quite a lot of tournaments while we've sort of not, uh, digital tournaments, while we've not been able to have real tournaments. So um, bringing people together and all having a good time together. It's been it's been really good, actually. The highlight of lockdown, I would say, for me. You're, uh, you're quite a recognisable persona uh, in the kind of UK tournament scene, because you've been supporting uh, Rob on the Honest Wargamer in the kind of uh, walkabout table kind of, uh, I'm not sure, is it, are you a table boss? Is that the name or? What am I? No, table boss is the chap that kind of re- refers the get in-game knowledge uh, to that's Rob. That's right, that's uh, right. I'm the roving reporter. I'm roving the sort of, reporter, of course. Yeah, like April O'Neil, I think of myself, to uh, to Rob's is that, is that a Teenage Mutant Ninja, uh, uh, April O'Neil? Yes. That, yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Childhood crush. 
Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I was in, I was recommended to Rob because he needed somebody because there's a, a lovely chap called Adam Chucklebutty who did it for a few a few tournaments, um, and then Rob needed someone, and, and and Benjamin said, "Oh, I think I wouldn't be all right at this." So yeah, it was the Face Hammer GT where you were running the Pterodons. I, I remember the ter- Pterodons, and you were there. You whizzed past our table when I was getting thoroughly trounced by Steve Curtis. Sadly, not in your April O'Neill uh, yellow jumpsuit, which I think you'd look quite fetching. Thank you. But uh, yeah, that's when Steve uh, did a number on me before I yes. learned to really harness the power of the Dons. Before <laughs> yeah. I'd become Terradan, I was I was merely a fledgling at that point. Yes, yeah, you had only just uh, emerged from your little egg, and you were you were just exactly. coming out. I was screeching world. into the wind. <laughs> your your true form had not yet been realised. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, so I did that, and uh, and that was fun. And then I got invited to do it a few more times, and um, yeah, I think. I enjoy talking about Warhammer, playing Warhammer. So, um, yeah, that's where people may have, have seen my ugly mug. We've obviously sp- spoken about lockdown and stuff like that. When did you transition into, I guess, TTS, TTS enthusiast into TTSTO? At what point did you realise that, you know, there was space for this and you that you were the person to do it? Well, there are a couple of factors, really. I mean, a tiny bit of... Um, uh, sort of back knowledge on this as such was uh, I was much more of a painter originally not not a great um, not a great gamer and the more I got into it the more the more the gaming took over um, so at the start of lockdown I was like a lot of people you know yes I'm going to smash this army I've got these plans so I think I did like a, a Delac gang for Necromunda and then I did a, a Lizardman Blood Bowl army and I was thinking yeah I'm going to do all this stuff and then as the weeks ground on then i realized that it really was the gaming that i was missing and i'm not really a big computer game fan per se so um it was mark brooks who you had on uh, episode one um so he's very much like a he he's a he's a he's the gateway guy he, he got quite a few of us into it um and then off or off the course of that you know playing a lot of games realizing the potential and the people in the community were you know making more better maps and you saw better models and things like that then um it was after i have to say there was a there was one pioneer in front of me which was adam mumford from the troll slayers uh, club i'm sure you know adam i do know adam yeah he's uh, he's quite a fan of cockatrices isn't he he is indeed yes yeah i've got a i've got a little uh, a section in my discord channel which is lists of legend and the first list of legend that went in there was the, the cockatrice list from adam but yeah adam put on a couple um which i attended and then there was a bit of a lull i think he had some work stuff to do and i thought well you know they were really popular i had a great time i'm sure other people had a great time so i looked back actually i looked back in the yeah it was on the first of august i I did the first hammer time um and yeah i'm for my work i'm a sort of natural organizer and communicator so i felt that it was in my skill set to run a tournament i've never run a tournament in real life as as an aside um so it's all been t i'm just a ttsto um at the moment and um yeah uh, everyone sort of had a good time um and it just grew from there really i set up the discord and then much like anything you know if you build it they will come so the the community grew and the tournaments grew and now we're sat here i think i've got some stats i've had eight tournaments uh, with 213 players and we've had over 600 games of Age of Sigmar, competitive Age of Sigmar. So it's been, yeah, quite a transition and uh, it's kept me busy, but it's brilliant. I've been loving it. So just a couple of quick questions on that. So you've mentioned that you hadn't previously run any events and without that experience behind you, did you 
did you make any mistakes or did you struggle with any aspects of, of it or did your kind of professional kind of project management uh, experience from work come in handy there um it's a tricky one. I mean, I think definitely attending, because I attended so many tournaments in 2019, you know, when I had the bug and I was really, you know, uh, sort of in the zone. Uh, so I, I, I got the feel of how physical tournaments ran and um, I, I tended to keep all of the packs for the tournaments that I attended. So, you know, people like uh, Mark uh, Wilson with his blood type pack and um, Steve Curtis and Dan George, the Bucks guys with their bloodshed events. Um, and obviously um, all the other events, and I've been to, uh, you know, uh, Six Nations and things like that. I had a good feel for for what constituted a, a good proper Warhammer tournament in terms of, you know, a very tight pack, clear information, clear timings, clear rulings. Um, and then Adam, uh, through his Discord, he set up. So the way in which it works, you know, you have different channels. Where rather than sending people to a table, you just send them to a different voice channel within the Discord. Um, so the general flow of the day was very similar in terms of challenges, um, definitely like rules lawyering is not my natural skill set. Um, through the course of the year, I've sort of bought pretty much every battle tome and I am across quite a lot of the more fringe kind of debatable rules decisions, which I wasn't at all. So it's really helped me with my game uh, as well as, you know, obviously helping make correct decisions with the, um, you know, sort of rulings during the day. So I'd say that was the main challenge in terms of organizing people, making sure they turned up on time and then uh, juggling when you had dropouts and things going wrong, then I'm, I'm totally comfortable with that. I'm very sort of adaptable in that environment. But um, in terms of the the rules, I have had to lean on on quite a few people to to get those rules uh, on the fly, get them correct. So I made a few incorrect rulings early on. I will say that, and I would say as well, knowing a lot of the players and generally being friends with quite a lot of the players does sort of test your impartiality. So I would say those are the two major challenges. But I've I've sort of grown and and become harder with uh with the impartiality and and um also uh but better with all the rulings you know i i think that's really refreshing owen to hear um, and really honest of you to say that you know not only admitting that you made mistakes and and being open about that but but also acknowledging that those biases might exist already um (laughs) it would be very easy to I guess be slightly arrogant and say no. Of, of course, I'm capable of being biased, despite the fact that they're my friends. But but you know, <laughs> acknowledging that that's an issue and saying I'm aware that I may subconsciously make decisions without realizing it, and and I'm trying to work towards it is uh yeah. I think that's very noble. Thank you. Yeah, I think um, sometimes my mates think I go too far the other way now, and they're like, Owen, how can you rule against me on this? I'm like, sorry, man. Uh, Mark, <laughs> Mark, Mark gives me a hard time on that. But uh, but no, there are a few things. Um, and yeah, def- definitely it's learning. I-, I think what I've tried to do uh, is foster a spirit of, um, what's the correct term? Just basically everyone just get on and have a good time. Like uh, we're all in a pretty, pretty crap situation in terms of the worldwide sort of what- what's going on, what's what's keeping us in and-, and essentially what's making us play behind a screen rather than in front of each other. So let's just try and be excellent to each other and have a good time. Um, and I think that that ethos and that sort of uh, that idea and, and way to play the game has now bled into the community. Um, so I haven't had to make as many rulings because they see that I want everyone to play in a fair and balanced manner. So, yeah, it, it, it's always a, a it's like with anything. I think it's a, a bit of to and fro between the community and the, the players and the organizer. You know, you can't you know where I'm going. With that sort of thing. No, absolutely, completely agree. And be excellent to each other. Uh, are you going to add on sort of party on dudes onto that as well? 
episode to go with <laughs> Cool Bullet's Head or You're getting all my pop culture references here, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> and then going back to something that you touched on there about speaking to different people about rules. Is it just you that's running it as a TA or do you have is there a team behind it or, or a, a partner in crime that's assisting with this? Or or are you just the a man spinning many plates? on your own yeah i'm a natural plate spinner i'll be honest with you and a, and a control freak megalomaniac so uh yeah it's just my, me now, uh, my wife tells me it's control enthusiast not freak nice i prefer that yeah that's that yeah. may that may just be her <laughs> i think i'm both to be i'm but enthusiast enthusiastically freaky perhaps <laughs> <laughs> no i like, uh, it. I like it. um uh, i have got uh i've, I've uh, as the discord's uh, developed um uh, i have have become aware that I need to sort of put in some uh, sort of house rules and things about etiquette and, um, you know, things to do with uh, abusive language and things like that. So I have put some some rules for the Discord in. And then on top of that, I have promoted some of my uh, people that I see in there regularly as the, the heralds of the hammer. So they are essentially sort of... Uh, uh, mods, I think you would call them in terms of they, they will help uh, deal with any disputes and things of that nature. And they chip in when people have got questions and I haven't answered them immediately. Um, but on the day, um, I do get offers for a spare player. I've had some really nice people spare player for me. But there has been one where I ran it, organized it all and played in the whole thing as, as well, which was quite a stressful draining day. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I like to be challenged so no yeah at the moment i do it all myself but uh, i have got very much got people around me who who chip in um when they need to yeah fantastic and then one final one before we move on is this something that you think might transition into into the physical realm after after when, when we're all back in gaming together and tournaments are running on on the reg is this are we going to see maybe hammer time yes. the real life i'm trying to think of a good pun hammer time the hammering well, i don't know <laughs> I'll come me, up I'm with, sure you thought about it. I, I have. I similarly haven't come up with. Uh, here we go. Hammer time live. How about that? Oh, hammer time live. Hammer time. Like, this time it's for real. I'll come up with something cheesy and probably alliterative. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll come up with something. But uh, yes, I have actually had a, a couple of people ask me. Um, so I would like to do something sort of IRL. Uh, take the ethos of the of the hammer time sort of. Uh, the, the the TTS events and and put them into real life. Um, I really do like the idea of you know like when you go to or one may go to a conference or something where there's a lot of people that don't know each other all there at the same time and they have those little stickers on their breast pocket saying <laughs> hello my name is so I want everyone to be there with their like online avatar so it's like hello my name is Tabstar or Antu or Orkman and you have people walking around go no way that's what you look like and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my vision. So outside of that, then uh, yeah, basically yeah, hundred plus people, hopefully somewhere in and around London, which has got good uh, transport network, uh, sort of transport links. Yeah, because I, this is an international fair, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, over the course of the of the eight tournaments I've put on, we've got players from all over the world. Some of them staying. The Aussies. I know the Aussies. Whenever anyone not in Australia talks about the Australian wargaming community, it's always held up with real with love and 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 pride and affection, and it, it's for good reason. Because like those boys, they and girls, if they would like to come and play, uh, uh, they stay up um, often through the night. So they'll they'll start at kind of eight pm and then sometimes play through till six seven am in the morning. So yeah, we've got Australians, people from New Zealand. North America, I've got a little list here, Canada, Russia, Denmark, Finland, Sweden, Poland, Romania, Spain, 
um, yeah, all over really. I'm sure there's some that I've missed, but um, yeah, all sorts of people with different languages, but much like football or love, you know, the language of Warhammer is international. So, you know, you don't really need to know uh, too much to be able to communicate and get through a game. So, um, yeah, it's been amazing. Like that is one thing with TTS. Uh, you know, I've got to play people all over the world that without this I'd never met or or heard about or, or played. And, um, yeah, that, that international element of it is, is a massive uh, plus and obviously something that isn't so easy to do in real life. So I, I'm a huge fan of the international element of, uh, of Warhammer. I, I always, looking at the stats for who listens to the podcast and where from, I always wonder on some of the, you know, less than 1% of listeners are from uh you know, guam south korea malta philippines uh, and i wonder you know some of the more you know ukraine and bulgaria the uae turkey and costa rica i was just like that's so cool that you know i mean either someone's using a vpn you know fine and they live in slough but or they they're tuning in from you know half a world away and listening to people talk about warhammer and i think that's fantastic and, and it's so good to see the community coming together not only because of that community aspect of it but this is something we were talking about offline a moment ago. It's that I think it pushes players because you can almost get used to, I guess, like a, a national meta. Uh, you know, the, the UK tournament scene is, is a phrase that gets uh, used, perhaps overused. But um, certainly you kind of understand who, who the big names are and the kinds of people that will be in pretty crazy lists. And there's the kind of people that will do very well on Saturday and then not turn up on the Sunday morning and that kind of thing. But when you're playing at a at a virtual event you, with, with an international audience, there's a huge, there's, there's so much more kind of unknown. Uh, there's so yeah. much more of an unknown factor in there, isn't there? Definitely. And I mean, um, I think definitely sort of players, if if they felt like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, I've, I've played a load in the UK, I'm good at tournaments and, uh, you know, I know what I'm doing, I can just rock up and I'll, I'll probably do really well. Like there are some players around the world that you see in a lot of the, the discords and they are proper grinding. Like they are playing a game a day, two games a day, some people. Um, so like uh, the feeling that perhaps the UK scene is the sort of premier gaming uh, scene, obviously, you know, the game originated here. There's very good players all around the world, all playing interesting lists. Um, in terms of uh, like thinking about, you know, the way in which they play, um, I wouldn't say that I've ever sort of come across a very distinctively different style per se, but um uh, you do it, it's more about the characters as a, as an individual you know you do get some very super hyper organized very uh sort of spe specific kind of players who are very good at those resource management armies such as like a bone reapers army or lumineth realm lords army with the with that resource management element um but then you get some real uh sort of um what's the right term kind of wild players who are playing with uh play uh playing like skaven or maybe a destruction army where there's a lot of wild dice rolling and they're they're constantly pushing they're they're, they're not staying within their comfort zone they're constantly pushing for that you know re-rolling a five inch charge fishing for an 11 because it's going to win them the game or you know like lots of you do see crazy plays and things like that so i, I wouldn't say that there are specific trends in terms of players from this country playing this way or that way but opening the community up bigger and seeing uh, wider and seeing more players uh, just gives you more opportunities to, to to uncover that sort of outlandish renegade player or this really you know 
hyper-focused, uh, uh, very specific sort of player. Um, and that's often re- reflected in the kind of lists that they bring. So talking of lists, I think that's... I, I had planned on talking about this after we spoke about Hammer Time 7, which is mm. your 2,000-point kind of traditional match play event, yep. which is on Saturday, the 6th of February. Um, but before we do that, I, I think this naturally segues quite well in. Have you seen a change in how players kind of approach list writing i don't necessarily mean between country to country like we spoke about a second ago but i mean more on a a willingness to try new things yeah definitely i'm not so naive to think that age of sigma on tts i'm not so naive to think that it only started uh sort of when lockdown happened there were people playing before that but certainly from this kind of boom of people playing online um uh, the analogy I can think of is a bit like at the start, it would be a bit like, you know, on a cruise ship, you can walk on and have any food, any cuisine, and you kind of go a bit mad. You might have like a Chinese starter and, you know, then you might have a curry and then finish off with some kind of crazy pudding. But then after a couple of days of that on the cruise ship, you might be like, oh, God, I just want to have, you know, a straightforward, I don't know, pie and mash and uh, a bowl of cereal for breakfast and, you know, no pudding. So you started off with like, crazy lists so and and i think that that set the tone for what people thought of uh tts and warhammer as and and potentially put some people off so i did have a little think about lists uh be- before we, we started chatting today and you know you saw the very egregious uh salamander spam pre you know pre the faq where they or pre the points changes so you know lists with all manner of, I don't know how many you could fit in in the end, but it was a lot. I think it was 12 or 15 salamanders with point and click teleport, which would just hose things off the board. Or, or um, a slightly more fun one would be the cockatrice spam list that Adam Mumford ran, you know, 13 cockatrices in the Beast of Chaos. Or recently, uh, a chap called um, Darren Parks ran 170 Ungol Raiders uh, in a one drop, I believe, with re-rolls and all sorts and we, we named that the goat dacker list so at the start it was very much like a kid in a candy shop you can pick whatever you want and you'll play crazy things you know i'm going to play 15 gun haulers or i'm going to and then more and more it's honing down to people playing perhaps an army they want to buy or a list which is what they've got say 1500 points of what they've got physically but they're just wondering about the last 500 points and they want to try out you know a, f- a few different options so you have seen um, it, it definitely pare down from that the crazy wild early days, and now the you know I would say that the lists that you see winning are on tabletop simulator, winning my events or winning some of Pask's events, like the Butcher's Buffet was a big big tournament recently. Um, they're the lists that you would have seen, I believe, on the tabletop um, if we were playing in real life. Um, and again, on the lists front, uh, there's definitely been lists that have come out of this time you know people having the opportunity to play with um and 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 really practice and hone lists perhaps made with expensive models so um you may have seen the the knights of the empty throne varangard sort of nine varangard in a plague touch slaves to darkness uh, mark of nurgle that that i know there are people around the country painting varangard based off their experiences on tts um and my favorite to come out of uh, i think people were playing it before but again this has been honed uh, is the smash bat i'm not sure if you've heard about the fleshy to court smash bat but that's definitely something which it's fun it's got an element where perhaps you might not people might not have been practicing it or playing with it if, if it wasn't for tts is that um, also known as the the nuclear vargeist 
Yes, the, the nuclear Vargulf, that's the one, yeah. Uh, Vargulf, rather. Yeah, I get yeah. my Vargulfs and my Vargulfs mixed up sometimes. No, that's that's really exciting because um, I, I'm actually due to chat to Chris Welfare, who is a, a fan of the Smash Bat, uh, or the nuclear Vargulf. Uh, he's due to come onto Priority Roll uh, in, in the next few weeks to talk about his uh, Flesh Eater Courts lists, actually. Ah, okay, yes. So, um, yeah, I won't spoil that then. I won't go too much into that. He's, um, been, I- he's been running double, double Royal Mordant's Hollowmorn for a while. Yes, but uh, he and I are of the opinion, and this was uh, initially come from him and a chap called Arthur uh, Vulgaris in... in um, he gave me some ideas on the list, uh, another Australian player. Uh, Gristlegore, Gristlegore uh, Smash Bat, we think is the one. So exploding sixes and fighting when he dies. The other day I did 72 damage with him in one, essentially one activation. So, nice, um, nice. Well, we, we need to chat Feck after this because I have coming plans, but, uh, but let's not, let's not um, sidetrack ourselves into that for now. So yeah. so essentially, you know, that's something that I mentioned in the, the previous episode with, with Mark is that, I think the extreme nature of some of the lists in the initial period was something that slightly put me off. Mm-hmm. And I think, as you say, that's kind of settled down now. And if people are looking to to kind of get back in, and, and they, much like Mark said, you know, if, if you're if you if you consider TTS this kind of hive of you know twenty one flame spewing uh, salamanders or or something like that, or, or you know one hundred and nineteen Gisales, then then sure that, that those lists existed. Adam Mumford will always bring his cockatrices to to a physical tournament. <laughs> there are always going to yes. be the crazy lists out there um yeah definitely um and and i think that those fears were valid because there was there was a fair bit of that going on at the start um a lot of people just use it as an opportunity to try something that like a completely brand new faction so a lot of people were playing the the new legions of chaos ascendant at the start um and then there are trends i think with the opportunity to play pretty much 24 7 if you wanted to with you know one discord server goes a bit quiet when people go to bed and then on the other side of the world everyone's waking up and wants to play warhammer so you've got the opportunity to to play so much that i think that those spammy nobody you know it became boring it's like it's boring for the person who's winning all the time with uh, croak and 15 salamanders in the same way as it's boring to get hosed so you know there did actually used to be people saying looking for a game anything but anything but seraphon um so i think that those lists got weaned out and now people are just playing you know playing tough lists but there's lots of and there is room i, I don't want people to think that tts is this pure sort of den of of, of matched play filth like every loads of people just want to blow off steam at the end of a hard day's work and they want to play their fun you know spider heavy gits army or they want to play some sylvaneth or they want to play beasts or something which is considered to be not at the top tier um and there's room i love that you've just mentioned spiders and sylvaneth an army that i've i can see within my reach and an army that i've got in my element gains basket at the moment Me and you both, man. I'm a, I've got 5k of Sylvaneth and it, it pains me. Um, it's easier to carry those trees around when they're just pixels, though, Dan. So. No, that's true. That's true. I, and I haven't bought And this is a great point, Owen. I haven't bought the Sylvaneth yet because I haven't tried any lists yet. Yep. And I want and, and and to do that. So maybe I'll be running Sylvaneth uh, at Hammer Time. Mate, please do. You need to get those numbers up. There's not get many numbers up. There's not many Sylvaneth in my uh, sort of my data for uh, army representation or anything. Um, I mean, to be honest, I was probably going to go with Seraphon, but now that you said people don't like Seraphon, I, I don't want to be that guy. No, don't be that guy, Dan. You know, you guy. don't be that guy. I mean, it would have had pterodons in it. You know, it's fine. Pterodons are secret filth, man. I've played yeah. against 12 pterodons. It's just like a 12. wave of oh, Those are rookie numbers. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing. You see, you could bring that, and if anyone ever questioned, you'd be like, "Mate, I've got the army," or you had. Oh, well, I don't anymore. I sold it. Yeah. But this is a great way to relive the glory days. So, tell yeah. us about Hammer Time. We've we we're starting to chat about Hammer Time. So, so tell us about Hammer Time. If people have tuned into this to listen to to what uh, what the event is, this is where our timestamp will start. Hammer Time, go. Hammer Time, cool. Okay, so Hammer Time Weekender is going to be Hammer Time. I, I did a quick poll. Or I, I like to find out what what my players want to do. I tend to sort of listen to people and um and, and take feedback. So I did a little survey. Do you want pure match play or do you want something fun? Uh, a bit of comp, a bit of uh sort of not necessarily banning armies, but a bit of something different. And I literally had a 50-50 split. Half the players wanted pure competitive. Half the players uh, wanted to, to have a bit more fun. So I thought, we live in a democracy. Let's just do both. So then Hammer Time Weekender came around. So on the 6th, we've got Hammer Time 7. I should have really done Hammer Time 7 on the 7th and Hammer Time Titans of Gur on the 6th. But anyway, so yeah, we've that, got... That would have made sense. Um, also, yeah. have you have you done any graphical design where the T of time is a 7? Not yet. I think I need to work on that. I think uh, that yeah. would be a good plan. Okay. Deal, deal. Yeah, I haven't actually does not done the logo for it yet, so oh, cool. I'll I'll work on that. Um, and so then, yeah, and obviously the eye of the time could be a little priority role logo, you know. Yeah, mate, we need to collaborate more, Dan. It's <laughs> all gold, man. This is gold. I'm writing this down. This is all, you, you can take the seven. I'm going to copyright the seven, but only if you you know you, you do a you can shill for uh, for PR, mate. I'm 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 that's absolutely no problem at all. I'm going to shill I'm away. Down. <laughs> anyway sorry jokes aside crack on what is what is hammer time so it's uh, let's talk about seven uh first yeah. it's the so, ham- yeah, that's traditional the yeah traditional hard-nosed kind of no comp no banning of armies uh we're gonna play three match play games in one day um we start at 8 a.m in the morning which is a little bit early but when you consider that the australians stay up all night and the americans get up and i think that's fine so yeah so it's a day's warhammer we play three games uh we have full Match play rules. We'll play uh, a mission from either the core book or the um, or, or the general's handbook 2020. Uh, you don't know what the missions are uh, before you submit your army list, um, and then yeah, we play with full scenery rules. Um, I have started recently because I like the idea of because you can control it. Uh, I, I've now started designing my own maps with this preset terrain, so every single game in the whole tournament plays on exactly the same map so there's no oh somebody going i'm going to host the game and then you turn up and it's like oh wow there's like 20 pieces of scenery and your whole army flies so uh that's a bit of a home home turf advantage so i've, I've, I've eliminated that by everyone playing on this exactly the same map which which sort of satisfies my control freak element as well um and yeah, that's it. We've currently got, I believe, just over thirty players. I think there's about thirty-three players signed up. Um, so it'd be a good, a good test. Um, Three-hour rounds, um, and the the Saturday is going to be um, sponsored. I've got two sponsors for the for the weekend. So I've never done prizes before. It's always just for the glory and adulation of your peers. But this time we've got some prizes. So uh, one the Sunday is going to be uh, sponsored by the wonderful Priority Roll podcast. Look at dum, that! Dum, dum. And Exclusive the- reveal. Indeed. And the Saturday is going to be sponsored by the lovely guys at the Bad Moon Cafe in London. So the winner is going to take away a start collecting box of their choice. And I'm going to 
post it anywhere around the world. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that uh, shipping bill, but um, whatever. I don't care. It's all good. Um, so, yeah, that's the Saturday. Three games, match play, 2K, um, no restrictions, uh, no other restrictions per se, um, other than the standard restrictions for list building. Um, yeah, turn up, play three games, and uh, hopefully uh, walk away with with a new addition to your uh, to your army. That's 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 the Saturday, um, and then the Sunday is a bit more fun. Um, which one are you going to play? You're going to go for the hard edge one, aren't you, Dan? Because I'm going to go for Saturday. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Um, so the Sunday, what I've done with that one is a different start time. So I've got a midday start time because that means that a lot of the North American community can join. Um, because uh, midday on in the UK is 7 a.m. on the East Coast, so you tend to get a lot of the North American community joining. So that one's midday till 10 p.m. Once again, three games, and we are playing match play rules, but this one is Hammer Time Titans of Gur. So essentially, it was just a bit of feedback. I, I had somebody throughout, um, I think it was Dan, un- Dan Unsupervised, a lovely Australian gentleman um, uh, who's on uh, Rob's Honest Wargamer show. Uh, he just said during the coverage, he was just like, oh, imagine, you know, it's limitless. Imagine you had a, a whole tournament where everyone had to bring a mega gargant. And a little light bulb went above my head and a little light bulb went above uh, one of the heralds of the hammer, uh, Charles uh, Colonel Cabbage. And he said, this is a great idea. Let's do this. So we're doing it. Yeah. So every army has to bring a mega gargant. Um, it's all going to be set in the realm of beasts. So all set in, in Gur, hence the title Titans of Gur. Um, and yeah, list building wise, my feeling, I mean, I have to say the more I've played the game, the more I've actually liked having some story built in. And I, I tend to sort of, name the odd character now and you know sort of i'm leaning into that narrative element a little bit whereas i'm probably a bit more dismissive of that at the start you know you get your battle tome and you just go straight for the rules i don't even know what that first section of the book is you know sort of but now i lean into it a little more so the narrative or the idea for people to build their lists around is that um there's a sort of civil war or there's a great upheaval um in Gur. Uh, the Necroquake has sort of ripped and riven the, the, the earth asunder so that the earth's all cracked and there are communities cut off for each other and supplies are running short. So um, every township and every city or every sort of settlement has to muster together a sort of militia force uh, to to defend their lands and defend their crops or whatever from raiders. So, um, so yeah, every army has mustered and, and hired a, a mega gargant to bolster their forces. Uh, the rules for, for, for list building are have to use a Mega Gargan, no other allies, no named characters, and no more than two of any one more scroll. Just I don't want people to bring like, oh, I've got, you know, this is my sort of militia force from uh, from my city. And it's like, I don't know, 70 Sentinels and a Mega Gargan. I don't think that'll be much fun. So yeah, um, that, that sounds that sounds fairly tasty. Now, here's a quick question on list composition. Are you going to run the mega gargant rules kind of out of the book as it were so death armies can only take is it grog fort kicker um, yes or are you going to allow everyone to have everything have access to everything really interesting i i tend to like to let ideas perk up a little bit and then i just put it all together at the end when i do the pack so at, at the time of recording I'm undecided. Um, I do like the idea that because the, the destruction for, for all the listeners, the destruction army uh, can take any of the three mega gargants, but then the other three grand alliances they have to take a specific mega gargant. Um, and it's, now it's that, a specific named one, isn't it? Because destruction can take them all. Yes, uh, destruction can take all of the vanilla ones, 
but the Grand Alliances can only take the named one, but Destructions can also take the named version of that one. Yes, yes, exactly. Which, obviously, I would allow people to rename them all. They, they, otherwise, it might be a bit odd if I had sort of 20 Bundo whale biters running around. Um, so with that in mind, I'm thinking on the fly. I'm thinking perhaps just to uh, foster... There are restrictions already that I've put in place Um so to foster sort of more list diversity, I, I think I'm leaning towards um, every Grand Alliance can take any of the Mega Gargants. And then there's no stipulation on them having to be named. They have to use the rules for the named uh, mercenary Mega Gargants, but um, they can take, you know, Order can take um, the, the the Gatebreaker, for example, rather than the... I think I'm trying to remember all the names of them now, but rather than the uh, the one that does all the kicking. Um, yeah, so that, that's my thoughts, actually. In this last two minutes of me rambling at you, Dan, I've, re- I've, I've realised that I would allow, I'm going to allow any Grand Alliance to take any of the three Mega Gargants. As Very long as exciting. They- yeah. yeah and, and this is obviously non-binding, so if you do change it, do check the staff <laughs> team, <laughs> because Owen may change his mind. So don't take this as, as, uh, as written in stone. So how do you think that's going to change you know list approach to list writing do you you think it impacts some armies more than others good question um i mean i would like to i've had a couple of messages like oh man it just feels like a 500 point tax and i'm a bit like oh don't be like that you know i'm sure that you can make things i think it's a tricky people are saying oh it feels like a 500 point tax well there's a there's a 2000 point tournament the day before exactly exactly you just choose your battles right Uh, it's really fun virtual feat exactly um and it was really funny like uh, i think uh people who were so sold on the idea and loved it you had a massive influx of people for for the sunday for for titans of gur and then gradually over time the the pure competitive saturday has their numbers have, have gone up so i think currently as we speak i've got um let me have a little look actually here we go tabletop to again i need to give a shout out to tabletop to because the wonderful piece of software that's allowed me to run these events um so yeah hammer time seven we've got 32 players and then titans of gur we've got 23 so um yeah exactly like you say you can choose your battle if you um if you feel that the the restrictions aren't for you then um there's there's a there's a there's an event the day before which which will suit your needs um but um i'm hoping to play actually on a sunday one um i think a sort of uh low model count army with throwing a mega gargant around um sounds like a lot of fun and i I reckon i can do that um whilst uh, running the event so um yeah i i'm going to be facing the same list list building challenges as all the players uh yeah it's exciting that sounds that sounds pretty cool Let's talk about getting involved in these events. If you've listened to this uh, podcast and you're thinking, hey, this sounds amazing. First of all, what's Tabletop Simulation? How do I get involved? Well, I will point you towards the previous episode where we go through that. But also, how do I get involved in one of Owen's fantastic events? Owen, how do, how do, we, how do people sign up? Is there, is there an email address or is there a website? That, that kind of thing. Talk us through that. The whole tournament is run in a piece of software called Discord. Now, that can be an app on your phone, which some people use uh, just because it's essentially it's a way for it's like a game i don't know the 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 core like where where discord started but if you'd like to get involved in one of my tournaments then you join uh, the hammer time discord server effectively it's just a a a hub i want to say where you can um join lots of other gamers are in there and um that then gives uh, there are voice channels so effectively safe route normally you turn up at a tournament and you have your your bag of models over the top of your shoulder and uh you know you, you you turn up and you unload and then you're told to go to table one or table three or table six um so uh effectively you would 
turn up at the the briefing. There's a channel, like a general chat channel in my Hammer Time Discord. So you join the Discord. Then on the day of the tournament, it's uh, in the pack. It says, you know, 10 to 8, come to the general chat. All the players come into the general chat, and you've got people sort of having a little chit-chat between themselves. I'll do the announcements, and then I'll say, right, off you go to table. Here are the pairings. You know, you're on table four, and you just effectively go to a voice channel, which is numbered uh, in the same way as a table would be numbered. You meet your opponent and um, have a lovely game of Warhammer. That's pretty much it. Join the Discord. So you download the Discord. Uh, it's a free piece of software, um, and you sort of set up your own little uh, avatar in there. You can call yourself something fun. I've got some fun player names in there, or, or you can just call it your your name in real life. Um, and then, yeah, join, and um, off we go. That's it. And now, so do the players create their own kind of game sessions or do they join pre-loaded game sessions? They would um, in advance of the tournament. So I would recommend, obviously, you should join the Discord um, at least, I would say, three days in advance. So I would say you, if you wanted to join in, I would definitely join the Discord um, somewhere around about, let's say, the 1st of February. I'd say five days before the first event, before Hammer Time 7. Um, so you join that Discord and in there, there'll be a copy of the pack. Um, there'll be all manner of different announcements and pieces of information about list writing. Um, and then effectively, um, when you uh, are paired up into your round one game, um, the first question you'll ask either of you will be, um, you know, oh, who wants to host? You tend to want the person with the best internet to host. So if, if for example, you've had a couple of practice games and your ping, which is something which is in the top right-hand corner of the tabletop simulator screen, if that number's constantly quite high and you find that your voice is a bit laggy, then um, you wouldn't be the best person to host. So, you know, your first question is who's going to host? And then I will have, uh, as part of the pack, you will have downloaded the three specific maps for each of the battle plans. So the person will load that map up and then you'll play the game. Um, and then effectively at the end of the game, rather than walking up to the TO's desk with a slip of paper with it filled out, I just have a set uh, way in which the um, the tournament result or the game result is, um, is logged. Uh, so it's sort of, you know, uh, player A, major win, 18 points to two, auxiliary objectives attempted, attempted the bait, failed, attempted assassinate, you know, successful. So that's all logged. Um, and then, yeah, then that, that information, I then transfer that information to Tabletop TO and very much in the same way as a normal tournament, you know, when all the information's come in and, and all the games are finished, I'll then do the round two draw. I'll, I'll then spread that information to, out to the tournament and you'll have another table number to go to for your next game. Um, I think one thing it would be remiss for me not to say is effectively consider it this way. Tabletop Simulator is you playing the game and then Discord is the way in which you communicate with your players. So whether it be a tournament game or a pickup game, uh, like a friendly game, unless you know the person really well and you're friends with them and you're sort of phoning them on WhatsApp uh, and talking that way, Discord is the way in which you communicate with your player. The communication is not done through Tabletop Simulator. Um, I hope I hope that's clear. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th I think um, not wanting to speak for you as the TO, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, would it not make sense for people to remain in the Discord channel rather than use a, a private form of comms just so that you as a TO can pop in? And, uh, you know, uh, Do you move between tables to kind of check how everything's going sure. and that kind of thing? Or, and would, would players having a private channel that no one else is in, would that be an issue? Or is that something that people are allowed to do? 
Um, no, I think um, just from from me as a TO, I know that every player is at their table and nobody's hanging around waiting for their opponent who's who's fallen asleep during their one hour lunch break or they've had a really crap time in game one and lost and rage quit and cleared off. I won't know. I have to visually check through all of the voice channels to see that there are two players in each one of them. And as soon as I see there's only one player after 10 minutes of the round starting, I'll know, oh, okay. And I'll jump in and I'll be like, oh, so um, has your opponent not turned up? I'm like, oh, no, no. I And I can see who's online as well then, you see. So after 15 minutes after the round has started, if someone's evidently not online on their computer then alarm bells ring and that is the opportunity for me to then speak to the spare player and bring them in so yeah definitely uh communicating everything through uh, and staying in the discord uh allows me to monitor the tournament. Um, and, and there is another factor as well, which people like to do, and it's not something we've talked about, is that um, you can essentially live stream your game. If you're comfortable with it, um, you can essentially screen share Tabletop Simulator. So not only is the Discord a great hub for people to play games, but you just get people who want to hobby and um, much like watching a Warhammer TV stream or maybe an Honest War Gamer stream from a tournament, they'll have it on in the background while they're painting and stuff. So you have a lot of people join the Discord that aren't actually playing um, and uh, certain players who are more comfortable with streaming their game or perhaps the top tables, they might be streaming their game. So you get really good things happening where much like in a tournament, I remember, you know, Facehammer when when you were playing, as you mentioned earlier, you know, you 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 finish your game and you'd have a look up and like table three, a big game between sort of, the, I remember there was a big game uh, between, I think it was Mark Wildman and Brian Carmichael uh, at Facehammer in one of the later rounds. And at the end, you had like a lot of players crowded around. You get the digital version of that uh, within a Discord channel that people finish their games and they go, ah, oh, it's some... Um, you know, Antu versus Benjamin Saver on table two. I'd like to see how that game's going. And then you end up with half the tournament. Antu's, or... Antu's got it. <laughs> Not necessarily. Benji's going to get smashed, yeah. No, nah, man. Oh, well, I'll, I'll let you and Benjamin deal with that little comment. <laughs> <laughs> he, can, he can definitely fight his own battles, but um, yeah. He can indeed. Um, so, yeah you, yeah, you have this, yeah, you have this hub then where people are like, Oh, you know, you finish your game, have a cup of tea, and like, wow, they're still going, and it's you know late into the round. I'd like to see how that one's going because it must be a close game. So, the the format does present more opportunities and different ways of interacting. It's different kind of experience that you'd have at another tournament, and you can also hear the players talking, and you can hear them saying you know, what they're going to do and things of that nature. So um, it's also quite good for rulings when I'm watching and I see something that is fundamentally incorrect. I can just jump in and be like, sorry, you know, he doesn't get this buff in round four or whatever or... Uh, yeah, so it's really good in that sense. And so rewinding all the way back, so before you're on the Discord, before you're playing your games, how does one register for the event? You've mentioned Tabletop TO. Is it all done through there? It is indeed, yeah. So if you join the Discord channel, then there are pinned messages within that channel and there are links then to Tabletop TO. So yes, uh, you sign up on Tabletop TO, join the Discord, and there is it's cross-compatible. So if you sign up on Tabletop TO, there's a link to join the Discord. And if you join the Discord, there's a link to sign up on Tabletop TO. Um, and again, I like to pride myself on giving everyone clear 
information. So uh, if you jumped into the Discord straight after you finished listening to this podcast, you'd be, it'd be very clear on, on what you had to do. And I make it very open about um, people being able to you know, get in touch with me if they're not sure. Or uh, one thing that we haven't talked about, and if you don't mind, just a tiny segue, is that um, I'm now running... Uh, for the foreseeable future, I'm doing intro sessions within the Discord. So if this is all like ringing lots of bells and you're excited about playing, but you're like, I know how to play Edge of Sigma, but I don't really know TTS, I'm doing like intro sessions. So rather than it being a full game, I can take up to eight people into a a, a, a table, much you know as as uh, Mark described yesterday. You know, uh, I can bring you all in like an eight-player multiplayer game, and I'll then talk you through the way in which to. Set up an army, save an army, color code it, add all the artifacts, all that jazz. So if if you want to join and you jump into the Discord, then you can sign up for an intro session, which will get you up to speed with 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 how to to run Tabletop Simulator. And yeah, as I say, I'm very open and I want people to have games. So if people have questions and stuff, they can just ask me. So a, d- a direct message me. Let's do that now. So let's just talk talk this through live, so we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, let's say you don't have Discord yet. So you go to your web browser, you type in tabletop.to. Yep. That takes you to the tabletop.to website. Uh, and so you can then search in the search bar. There's either the kind of header bars at the top or there's a search box on the homepage. Click on the search bar at the top, type in Hammer Time. Here we go. So I've got Hammer Time. It's doing a little search. It's given the option of Hammer Time Titans of Gur, Hammer Time 7, Fat Middle, 6, 5, 4, 3, to the finals, 2, 1. So all the historic ones, but the ones at the top are it's essentially in reverse data mm-hmm. order. Uh, so Hammer Times, Titans of Go at the top and Hammer Times 7. So I want to sign up to Hammer Times 7. I'm going to click that. Uh, I can see here that it's running on the uh, 6th of February 2021. So uh, for anyone uh, potentially from the US that's looking, uh, that's year, month, day. Uh, I know the US put their, their dates in the wrong order. Um, so if anyone's looking at that and can be confused and thinking it's on the, the, the 2nd of June, um, that's why. So I've clicked on that. It's an event run by Owen Jackson in the United Kingdom in London. Uh, but clearly this is a virtual event. This is just, you know, where you're based. Uh, there's 32 players out of 50. Is 50 the maximum or? No, I'll keep pushing that up. I mean, you know, if, if someone's reading, reading this and it's already on 50, can they, is there a reserve list or can you keep pushing it? I can keep pushing it. Um, I will, once we, you know, once we sort of uh, finish the pod, I will probably just push it up to 80 players. There is an argument that the more players you go, then you might not get the, you know, you, you're better having four or five rounds, but um, yeah, it, it, there's there's no limit uh, to the amount of players. It's just uh, whoever wants to join. Brilliant. Uh, and then it says lists hidden and unlocked. What does that mean? So what that means is that the you're not going to be able to see anybody else's list, but up until the cutoff point, which will be detailed in the pack, it tends to be the Wednesday before the tournament. Um, so I don't have... Yeah, let me check. Here's my calendar. So yeah, Wednesday the... 3rd of February will be the cutoff point. So up until that point, uh, lists unlocked means that you can edit and amend your list to your heart's content and only on the 3rd at midnight, so 23.59 uh, on on the 3rd of of February, that list will be locked in. And at that point, I will change it so the lists are locked and signups are closed. And then what I like to do on the Friday, so Friday the 5th, the day before the tournament, 
I release the lists. Uh, Rob and I often have a nice chat about them. We pick out some fun lists and things um, on his show. Um, and then I will also give the round one matchups so everyone can have a little bit of uh, smack talk on Twitter about their, uh, or, or, or in the Discord, they can uh, have a conversation about their matchup, which I always think adds a bit of, bit of fun. And I will also release the battle plans on that Friday as well. So people will know what they're playing through the course of the day. And it's quite nice. You release all this information and then you see people straight away playing on the pre like the the map pack they start playing on those battle plans for for the weekend to get to get the reps in to get the, the yep. practice in Love absolutely it. and then ladder visible that means that players will be able to see or, or observers will be able to see the position of players throughout the day right and the current points they're on well what i'll say is uh up until the point of the tournament the ladder is visible so you're able to see who else has signed up Okay. And then once uh once all once the signups have closed and the player numbers are locked in, I will make the lists visible so everyone can see what each other's lists are, but I will then lock the ladder. So through the course of the day, much like in a normal tournament, people will know like if you go twenty oh three times, you've got a damn good chance of winning. But otherwise, you know, you won't know exactly where you sit on the ladder. So um the ladder is locked through the course of the day and then uh, and then I'll release that at the end. Right. And then the the, the penultimate thing, uh, apart from obviously an RSS feed there, you can see is signups open. So I'm going to, uh, and then just, be, in fact, just below that is the Discord. So as you mentioned, uh, if you're not already on the Discord, you can click that and it takes you to the Discord um, uh, sort of link joining site. It opens up a new tab and you can click continue to Discord. I won't do that because I'm already in there. I'm going to click signups open. It's going to take me to another page. Uh, and it says user signups. Uh, signups for this event are open. You have not signed up for this event. So let's change that by clicking sign up, little green button at the bottom of the page. Added, done. That's it. No, there's no form to fill out, no information to put in because uh, on Tabletop TA, you have to uh, create an account. So I've just clicked sign up. Uh, because I'm already logged in, it's just automatically added me to the event. So I'm going to go back to the ladder. You can see there I am, Dan Mitchell. I'm, I'm, I'm ninth. Although that's purely because it's in alphabetical order, perhaps I should have uh, I should have put like <laughs> A or zero at the beginning of my name, so I would have been first, and then I could have lauded yeah. over people. Um, yeah. So there you go. I can see I'm ranked ninth because of alphabetical order. I'm on zero 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 win draw loss, um, and you can see their club affiliation priority role. Fantastic. So, so that's what's happened when I've been logged in. If you don't have an account, I suspect what will happen when you click that sign up, it will ask you for an account, or uh, it may even ask you that before you go onto the list, but. You know, go on to TTT, Tabletop TO, so tabletop.to, create an account, search for Hammer Time, click on seven or uh, Titans of Go, whichever one you fancy, or indeed both, and then just click on signups and it's super straightforward. Yep, jobs are good. And I see you. I see you, Dan. You are I there. See Excellent. I am player yep. number 33. Very, very exciting. So, Owen, any have you got any kind of wild cards awards? You've mentioned, obviously, prizes from uh, the Bad Moon Cafe for Saturday and uh, Priority Roll are contributing towards the prize uh, on the Sunday for the, for the Mega Gargant. Um, but uh, are there any kind of, I don't know, like... Uh, you mentioned adulation of your peers. Is there anything on top of that, like uh, mm. best list or favorite army? Is there any painting kind of element into this? You know what? I have thought about that. I The one thing we didn't discuss was the nexus of this whole thing was I ran a little tournament for my 40th birthday, and I did do a painting uh uh, thing for that so everyone submitted a picture of an image uh, a picture of a model they painted uh and, and uh, my uh, partner anna then chose the winner um but i don't have painting for this one but what i do have is and i think that this is um particularly pertinent when we're all sat behind screens but i love the the favorite opponent uh vote i think 
again, leaning into what I said earlier, there's no excuse for not being excellent to each other. So uh, I have a favorite opponent that could be, they could have a great list or they could have just be a generally a lovely person. Um, so I think Mark Brooks, who you had on yesterday, he's done the double twice. He's won the tournament and got favorite opponent twice, which is just night know. of the inner circle type thing. Yeah, exactly. So there's that. And then I have a little fun award that uh, I came up with called a Watson's List Whisperer Award. So uh, effectively, I send Darren Watson, a positive victim, uh, I send him all the lists. And has, he's a little bit of a, a list writing legend in his own right. And he gets asked about lists all the time. I get him to pick out a list that's maybe a little bit off meta or uses a battalion that's really unseen or just, just a really cool idea. Um, so he then picks that out and, and uh, you have the, uh, you have a, a pride, uh, a proud owner of the Darren Watson list whisperer award. So we have uh, um, favorite opponent, list whisperer and then the the top three and uh yeah the, the the winner will take home some goodies this time so yeah that's that's what we're doing each day fantastic and then i mentioned painting it, it might seem very strange to have a painting award for a virtual event in which you don't have bottles but i think actually that's a really cool way of i guess bringing the physical hobby into this virtual way of playing is that you just could paint one hero or one model from that army or, or even like a war cry band or something like that you know it's for me who has such a kind of hobby butterfly approach to the game being able to try out a new army and just because oh, often i'll see an um, a model or a, a unit mm -hmm. and say wow wouldn't it be cool if xyz and then i'll build a 2000 point army for it i'll buy that 2000 point army i'll then paint one or two of those models go yeah i was right it does look cool <laughs> with that conversion in that scheme <laughs> um cool okay job done uh i don't really want to do 2000 points of of, the, of that thing um but now i've got it so uh, being able to go a bit rogue with a crazy list of, of an army that i don't have before and just build one warcry band or one character it allows me to satisfy that gaming curiosity but also progress my hobby maybe push my painting try something new you know more flesh if it's on beastman or, or fur <clears throat> that kind of thing or or try something a little bit different with green if i'm doing an or auric army yeah, it just it's quite a nice way of um, of combining the two, virtual and physical. Yeah, you know what? You give me an idea, actually, Dan. Maybe what I'll do. I think I've bitten off enough of this one, but let's say Hammer Time Eight or whatever form in which it takes. I'm going to do a painting uh, prize. Everyone submits one model, as you've said. Um, and then I'll arrange for it to be scanned or use photogrammetry to then create a digital version of it, which they can use in Tabletop Simulator and base their army around it. How about that? That sounds very cool. That sounds very like a good thing for like a narrative game where everyone picks like a hero or or indeed uses the the hero creator in uh, yes. General's Handbook. Yes. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Hammer yeah. Apotheosis. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, okay. Anvil. Hammer. <gasps> Oh my god, Dan, we're doing it live, mate. This, this is, is how good. This is good. I like it. <laughs> can okay. I can I get in a cheeky sponsorship there, sponsored by a priority role? And I'll I'll, I'll do a, a prize for the best person who who creates a model, whatever. Um yeah. you know, whatever yeah. the model that they create, we'll work out a prize for that. We're shaking hands across the airwaves, okay, sir? Virtually shaking hands, a social yes. distance virtual handshake. I love it. <laughs> okay i'm writing so, it down yeah, hammer and anvil oh love it I'm, I'm so proud of that i'm not gonna <laughs> pat myself on the back for that um right so uh is there anything else you want to talk about um i'm just 
trying to think, really. Um, I think it would be remiss not to mention a couple of other places where you can play um, Tabletop Simulator. Um, and I, I'm sort of, uh, yeah, I'm not kind of too sort of, uh, I don't think that sort of my community is my community. And I want to, like, I think everyone should play everyone and we'll try and foster a spirit of, you know, Warhammer across the world. So I think there's a couple of people Um the Anthony Magra, the AOS coach, um, he's got a fantastic server. Now it's not specific to uh, Tabletop Simulator, um, but he's got a, he's got a great community going there. Loads of games going on all the time. Uh, as you've mentioned, actually, yeah, you said that you've been in that um, that that Discord server. So I think uh, if people wanted to play, um, especially people, you know, you have people who. Uh, Perhaps um, you know their their gaming time is 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 in the evening after perhaps a partner or the kids have gone to bed and they can then play in the evening. Then they'll often get games against people uh, around the world, maybe getting up. Uh, so that's a great community for playing. Um, I think Mark- and the reason the reason why you mentioned that specifically is because um, just in case for some reason someone doesn't know who Anthony is from Aries Coach, he is based in Australia. So there there are a large number of Australians on that on that server. Um, there's people from all around the, the world, the globe, uh, as as we mentioned, uh, the kind of international appeal of, of the Warhammer community. But um, there are a lot of Australians on there, so you kind of work out what time zone fits your your free uh, free time and kind of you do you kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I know that Mark mentioned, um, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Dnock. Dnock. Yeah, Dnock AOS. Dnock AOS, whoever you are, you're a wonderful person. Um, and I think, um, yeah, he set up all the maps and another chap, uh, I think people, some people know him as um, Scrooby and Wells or Scrubby and Wells. That's Tyler Emerson. Uh, he set up a load of maps which are specific to each battle plan, which are great. So if you just want to have a quick game with your mate and you know it's Scorched Earth, then you can just download his one battle plan from the workshop. Um, that would be really uh, everything. The only thing I would say, um, uh, and I know that this is obviously a reflection of the, the gaming community in general, but I've never had a female player at a Hammer Time event. And I just would like to say if there's any female Warhammer players who listen to this and think this sounds fun, then... The community is fantastic, much like turning up to a, a real live event. You're respected as a Warhammer player, regardless of your gender. So um, I would love to have, uh, even if there's some sort of uh, youngsters who want to come along, like basically it's a safe, friendly, um, really sort of collegiate environment where everyone wants to get on and have a good time. So if you were thinking about joining, then um, please, please come along. Yeah, absolutely. The, the more diversity in our in our hobby, the better. And uh, it would be really cool to see more people, whether it's young people, more women uh, or, or just, you know, new players in general. That's something, especially if people are a little bit concerned about tournament gaming, um, whether, the, you know, whether it's the right environment for them. You know, I, I know I know players out there or people in the hobby community who have got you know, things like agoraphobia or mm-hmm. quite severe disabilities. Uh, being able to play tournaments uh, might not necessarily be an option for them, but being able to play virtually might be something that where they can get that kind of tournament fix, whether it is kind of cutting edge or or more of a kind of uh, chilled out uh, narrative game. Yeah, definitely. And uh, even though we play a miniatures game, I do know of some players who've never actually played uh, physically uh, and didn't and never knew about Warhammer until they started playing online uh which is quite mad to me but um so they have don't actually have an army yet uh but or at the start of lockdown they didn't have an army but through the wonder of discord and tts they found warhammer loved it and now they're buying the models and getting into the painting and yeah it's yeah it's amazing in that sense it's great fantastic well owen thank you ever so much uh for joining me on priority roll 
today to talk about Tabletop Simulator and and your event specifically. Um, before we move on to the the party roll questions, uh, do you want to do a quick shout out for your Twitter or, or anything like anything like that? Yeah, I think uh, I'm on Twitter. I think my handle is at OJ180. I would, yeah, I would just say if anyone is interested in Tabletop Simulator or wants to talk to me about lists or anything like that, they'd be more than welcome to join me or, or contact me there. Um, and then, yeah, through the course of the lockdown, I've not only been running the tournaments, but I've started doing a, a regular show with with Rob over at the Honest Wargamer. So if they're interested in learning about what's going on in these tournaments, um, then, yeah, I do a show with him on Mondays at 12 on Twitch, uh, which... Uh, is always a good time. We have a good time talking about Warhammer. So yeah, if yeah, uh, that would be my my, my two my two shout outs. If people want to see what I'm up to or, or or have a conversation with me about Warhammer, um, that'd be great. Fantastic. Well, Owen, uh, here's the questions, and I th- I'm sure you know what they are. But if you could uh, protect one thing about Age of Sigma and the rest of the game was going to change to something completely unrecognizable in the future, uh, what would that one thing be that you could protect? And uh, if you could only change one thing about Age of Sigma and the rest of the game was going to stay the same forever, what would that be? So let's start with what you would protect. Ooh, okay, interesting. Um, I would say, hmm, i have forgotten you were going to ask me these questions. You put me on the spot. I think, essentially, I would like uh, the rules writers to keep coming up with uh bonkers stuff really i really like the fact that you do have stuff and when it comes out you're like it does what so you know kicking objectives or knowing who's going to go next uh in the battle round or you know like dark prophecy or all of these rather which on the face of it are like whoa you know that i don't want the game to become whilst we complain about balance i think the imbalance of the game uh, helps make it dramatic and uh, exciting, and um, uh, and that and those amazing moments of things that are, you know, there's a very small chance of something happening, and then it, it all comes off in a wonderful, you know, uh, flurry of, of of amazing dice rolling. I would just like the bonkers nature of the game to to, to stay. Um, I, I don't want them to uh, to sort of clip the wings of AOS any point and 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 make it too. Um, too balanced. Keep the imbalance. Keep it crazy. That's what keep I'd say. Keep the madness. What's your favourite bit of madness in the game at the moment? <sighs> oh, wow. Uh, I think one of the most powerful bits of madness, and I'm going to have to go back. <laughs> okay, I've got two for you. I think from a purely competitive thing, I think uh, the madness of how good Croak is cannot be uh, cannot be uh, not, not mentioned there. Uh, I think his ability to reach out across the board and affect the game and 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 spew mortal wounds uh from his bail wind uh i think yeah when you see some games happen like uh, okay i got a bit of madness here for you okay um this is a bit of list tech with banned end of spells when you're running croak okay so you've got your banned geminids on the board uh you um you win priority but you still get to move them because they're bound so you move your geminids yeah two units so the dark geminid hits uh the uh, unit of putrid blight kings minus one attack and the light geminid uh let's say it hits a, a big unit of plague as minus one to hit so then it goes to the start of your turn the uh, croak unbinds the geminids he recasts them and then affects the same units again with the same geminids so the blight kings are down to one attack each because they're minus two attacks and the plague bearers are minus two to hit because there's nothing in the game that stipulates that you can't be affected by the same Geminid twice, only that you can't be affected by both of them at the same time. 
So whilst that and it's, feels... it's not even the same Geminid, is it? Because it's it's a new Geminid. Yes, yes, yes. The same. Uh, it's a new Geminid, but it does the exactly the same. The same thing. debuff, yeah. Yeah. So that kind of bonkers thing. Whilst that feels uh, really incredibly powerful, I think if you can dig into a book and find that interaction, uh, and 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 you have some crazy moment on the table uh, that. But also on another one, I played a, a tournament recently where. We were all told what lists we it was like a secret Santa tournament where we were all basically handed a list like you'd be given a secret Santa. Um, and I ended up playing against uh, Thunderscorn Beasts of Chaos. And there was a rule, I don't know if you know about this rule, but it's something like if I remember correctly, if you both roll priority and it's a draw, is this like if you if you get a draw, you get zapped yeah. with lightning? No, like every every one of his units healed. I don't know if it's a one wound or a D three heal. Oh that, no, that's right. I think they get zapped with lightning, and it's healing. Yeah, lightning. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I was like, I was, I was a bit salty, and it was the end of the day, and I was losing terribly with a triple. Uh, I got handed a triple Vermin Lord Deceiver Eshin list, which was pretty nuts to play. Um, but yeah, I was getting royally uh, smashed, and then we rolled. And so, not only did I lose the priority because it was a draw, then all his stuff uh, healed, and uh, I just thought that was bonkers. I was initially annoyed, and then uh, very much entertained and laughing because uh, uh, yeah. So that kind of bonkers element, like those little crazy little rules interactions, and those 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 rules that are written in and, and don't often get seen. Uh, I, I don't want that ever to change because that's what makes me happy. I think that's a that's a great point. Yeah, definitely. And what about something that you would like to get rid of? Um, I think I I'm this isn't a truly original thought. This has been said in a few different forums and things, but um I would like to change it that you can't have your cake and eat it with battalions. If you take a battalion, it all has to go down as one. I don't like the ability to split up a battalion um during your deployment so yeah but when you deploy i think if you take a battalion you have to put the whole battalion down otherwise you're getting the best of both worlds you're getting your artifact you're getting your low drops you're getting your cp and then if you're you know uh, i mean i did it yesterday in my game if you're if you're a maximum of eight drops um and or you could go down in five if your opponent is nine drops you're like okay well i've taken the battalion but i can still split it all up and, and sort of see where my opponent is placing his units so i think that they should be uh so, yeah would... yeah you're, you're still going to win the drop but yes. you just get you get none of the kind of um disadvantages of having to put them all down so if you're going to win that you might as well at least have to um you know, show your hand i know I, I i think that's a yeah i think that's a really good point i try and i try and counter a lot of my uh guests points with with kind of other thoughts <laughs> but um yeah i think that's a really good point i completely agree <laughs> I'm sure you've been on the end of it, right? Um, and it is—it's just one of those things that doesn't really—it just feels like you've, yeah, you're getting, you're getting. Every... Well, because if I remember it correctly, having not played Age of Sigmar for a year, um, uh, you can start dropping part of it and then do it all. Mm -hmm. in, yeah, you can kind of say like, if your opponent is, you know, if, if you've got say like a, a, a ten-unit one-drop army in, a, in all in a battalion, and your opponent's got nine drops, you can deploy like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven units. And then drop the rest of you know eight, nine, and ten in yes. the eighth drop, and still win the the, the yes. drop off. Or you can have, say, for example, uh, you've taken an Oral and Legion, uh, uh, you know, battalion within the Lumineth book. You can drop down one unit of Sentinels from the battalion, 
and then you can then go and put down a, your your your, your techless or your dawn ride. You can basically then split between. I'll put down a unit from the battalion, then I'll put down a unit that isn't in the battalion, and then I'll put down another, say, two units from the battalion, and it just gives you a bit too much flex. And I think you're getting enough already. I think it's a fringe thing, but uh, no, no, I think yeah. that's a, a fair point. Yeah, not not very much to say on that. I have nothing to counter there, Owen. Fantastic. I'm happy with my argument in that case. So there we go. Right, Owen. Thank you ever so much again for for joining me today, and I really look forward to not only. Uh, getting in perhaps a practice game on TTS soon, but also playing in Hammer Time 7 uh, on the 6th of February. Cool, man. Yeah, thank you for having me today. It's been great. I love talking about Warhammer and um, I'm really looking forward to... Uh, are you going to bring the Night Haunt? Oh, I don't know. I'm having I'm having ums and ahs about, oh, oh, about Night Haunt. Okay. I can't find the list. I've been... I can't find the one. The one, as Luke says. <laughs> I can't find the one about Night Haunt. I, I could bring a double coach list. But, Sounds uh, good. They've got lovely models on TTS. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the black coach is a lovely model, but just, I'm also tempted to run spiders using the white dwarf battalion, or, or potentially even you know not the battalion and, and the, just the new rules, but with old battalions. So yeah, either way, though, we'll have a game. Yeah, let's get a game. We'll in, definitely like. get a game in. Absolutely. Yeah. Cheers, Owen. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Priority Roll. If you want to get in touch with us, we're at Priority Roll on both Twitter and Instagram. You can send us an email, priorityrollpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash priority roll and leave us a voice message. If you want to leave us some feedback, we're always looking to improve, or if you just want to suggest a topic to talk about on one of our upcoming shows, then feel free to get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thanks for listening to Priority Roll. 